BIV Today. We're the daily podcast from the Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Kirk LaPointe, Editor-in-Chief. Our country's stop-and-start efforts for true nation-to-nation partnerships with our Indigenous business communities are receiving a new boost now. The Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business is introducing a measure to increase participation by Indigenous business in private sector supply chains. It's called supply change. It's using artificial intelligence and other technology to develop a stronger network that will optimally increase procurement opportunities. The nature of this initiative and some of the challenges in this space are the gist of the conversation I want to have now with J.P. Gladue. He's the CEO and President of the Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business, the CCAB. Thanks a lot for joining me. Kirk, it is my absolute pleasure. Tell me a little bit about the problem you're trying to solve here with supply change. Well, the problem is that we have 43,000 Aboriginal businesses in this country from coast to coast to coast, competing in pretty much every sector. Uh, But we're not getting, it seems, uh, to the starting line as as much as we should be. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. what we're looking to solve is the opportunity to get more of the Aboriginal businesses in front of the companies that are looking to procure them. There just seems to be this this gap, this this void uh, that's not being filled. What have, what have you concluded about the gap and, and why it's there? Well, that's, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, so just let's start off with some numbers here. So back in 2016, the, the Indigenous economy was at about $32 billion, about $12 billion coming from Indigenous businesses. And, you know, this number seems pretty impressive, and it, it is in its own right. But when you compare that to the total GDP, it's about a percentage and a half. And our population mm. is about 5%. Of the population. So, if yeah. you want to actually translate into uh, what that should be, it should be about a hundred billion dollars. Uh, so, there's there's the there's there's the real uh, gap there. And I think you know the challenges have been uh, perceptions about who we are as Indigenous people and our abilities uh, to participate in the economy as entrepreneurs is misunderstood. Uh, you know, when we look at the actual growth of the Aboriginal entrepreneurs, it's actually outpacing the Canadian uh, uh, sector of uh, general business. Uh, in that our our growth is about six seven percent a year, and it continues to to climb. And uh, you know the the indigenous entrepreneurs in this country really are uh, stepping up to the plate in a big way in so many different sectors. And the contributions mm-hmm. not only to their families and the communities, but to Canada as a whole is is substantial. And the in the certainty that that creates, you know, particularly around the resource development sectors, uh, has a, also. Uh, an intangible value that uh, we really need to start to account for. Well, you talked about the fast-growing community, and it, six to seven percent growth, of course, is, uh, well outstrips what we're doing uh, in the rest of our economy. Uh, and yet, you also allude to the fact that there appear to be still uh, perhaps some barriers there. Tell me a little bit about what the what vestiges of, uh, of whether it's perceptions of indigenous business, uh, what, what's existing there still, do you think, that, that serves as a bit of a hurdle? I, you know, I, and I, it's a tough subject, but there's still a lot of racism, unfortunately, in the country where there's a, a, an unwillingness to actually engage the, the indigenous. There's a, it's a fear that uh, we're, we're not capable of doing the business or there's just a fear of, you know, generally the unknown. I think that's, I mean, that, that is definitely alive and well in, in the country. Uh, but I think also there's just companies just don't know uh, like how many you know Canadians have actually been on a reserve or been in a in into a, a community event um, 
you know, that, that's got to change. So when you start to actually engage the Indigenous business community, you begin to understand that, hey, there's, there are a lot of uh, successful entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, some of our Aboriginal businesses are doing two, three, four hundred million dollars a year in revenue. Uh, but that's, that's, yeah. that, that doesn't happen in, in isolation because what, what we do see is that when uh, companies step up and start, you know, looking for these uh, Aboriginal businesses, they, they time and time again um, have found that the, the bottom line of their companies start to uh, increase. And, um, you know, the, the, the relationships, they got to get their start. And until they start to actually reach out to the community, it's, that's still going to be a void. So, so what effect do you want this new initiative to have, uh, JP? What, what do you think it can effect? Well, it's a relationship builder. You know, the, the whole mm. campaign around supply change, you know, the supply chains offer that opportunity to, to supply the change that's required to build those relationships. Uh, because business is an equalizer. You know, there are fundamental business principles that you can't uh, avoid. And if you're good at business, people will continue to come to you for, for your good or service. And so, you know, these supply chains, when you start to open them up, um, it just creates relationships. And that's, that's one of the fundamental things, uh, principles of, of uh, any kind of, of business is having that trust and that relationship. And so the more of that that we can develop, the stronger the economy is going to go. You know, when we look at um, uh, private sector and, and what the opportunity uh, provides, so I'll use Suncor as an example. You know, they, they spend over $500 million a year on Indigenous businesses up in uh, the oil sands, for example. And uh, you know, you look at a community like Fort Mackay First Nation, where their average income uh, salary is about seventy-three thousand five hundred, and you compare that to the uh, average Canadian, about thirty-eight thousand, or the average Albertan, around fifty. You can begin to see the impact, the socioeconomic impact in the community, and uh, and, and they are pointing in the right direction. But that doesn't happen without companies like Suncor, for instance, um, actually investing time and resources. So what we're doing as an organization at CCAB is to help with that business match. Um, quite often we get the response, well, we just don't know where the Aboriginal businesses are and our Aboriginal businesses yeah. go, well, where are the opportunities? We've created a platform, well, the platform already exists with our partner, Tealbook, but we've created a space for the Aboriginal business market to, um, to proliferate. And we're really excited about it. Uh, I remember when I was a consultant years ago, first thing I would do is get my coffee and look at Merck's and see what kind of business opportunities were coming down the pipeline. <laughs> well, this is what yeah. this is going to do. It's going to build those uh, business yeah. relationships and those connections. So you, you started, as I understand, with 37 prominent corporations. Uh, they'll be their, uh, uh, what they call the procurement champions, mm -hmm. I guess, in this, in this space. Uh, uh, cite a few of these. I mean, what are the names that we would recognize in terms of the big uh, big companies? Sure. Well, it's uh, been January since we actually uh, put the challenge out to, to Canadian corporations. Uh, I actually uh, incredibly grateful that Mark Little is the uh, chief operating officer for Suncor. He stepped up and he's my co-chair. And since January, we now have 40 procurement champions uh, from uh, Ontario Power Generation to uh, ESS to Sodexo. These are big uh global food service companies. We've got indigenous yeah. businesses as well, like the Boucher Group or Origin is a human resource company in Thunder Bay. Um, we've got uh, mining companies. We've yeah. Take a, a step back here with me uh, on this one, JP, and, and help me understand what you think um, some of the indigenous economic principles 
uh, might be applied in a modern context, uh, so that so that essentially there is a, a, a stronger relationship there and a stronger uh, participation. You know, that's such a great question. You know, when we look at you know Canada's first economic engine, uh, you know, it, it's important to recognize our history. And the first entrepreneurs in this country were First Nations people. And, you know, with the fur sure. trade was trading our medicines, our, our food to the newcomers, and it had a, a global impact. And and so I think some of the principles uh, from an indigenous point of view are, you know, definitely connection to land and understanding, uh, understanding your, the value of that land and what it provides to your community. Um, and, and, and the key word there really is community. I think what sometimes separates an indigenous entrepreneur uh, from other entrepreneurs is a strong connection to their community. When you've been uh, you know, both my grandmothers are residential school survivors, and you know, a lot of us, uh, you know, that's that's our history, and 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 it's been a tough one. So there's there's this community uh, connection that you just you're just so mm-hmm. innately uh, attached to. So when you're thinking about your business, you're thinking about how you can positively impact your community, it's, and it's about people. Um, and you know, I, I know business. You know, if you don't have you know culture eats strategy for breakfast, you've got to have the, the right people in place. Uh, but we see uh, from uh, when you have a strong Indigenous business, um, there's a propensity to hire more of our people because uh, we understand the history, the, the challenges, but we also understand how to get o- overcome those hurdles in working with uh, with our own people. And we're often the strongest employers of Aboriginal people. And you can see that in some of the number of the uh, prominent Indigenous businesses in this country where the representation is uh, 30, 40, 60%. So um, mm-hmm. those, are, those, are, those are some of the fundamentals. You, you talked earlier, of course, about the, the fact that we still have, you know, we still have racism in our country. Mm-hmm. And then on a, uh, a, another level, we also have this apprehension, this uh, lack of understanding in all of this. If, if you had advice uh, for a non-Indigenous business person who recognizes the value but doesn't really understand the steps to try to work in a, in a partnership, uh, um, you know, in that nation, the nation partnership that we all are striving for, what would it be? What, what are, what are the, you know, that's, uh, you know, you're asking all the right questions. I think the, 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 the opportunity and the challenge is just going into community without necessarily uh, an agenda. Um, because you got to understand that there's been such a history of mistrust and broken promises and uh, uh, just being taken advantage of. And in that does stick. So it takes, you know, often uh, developing businesses with indigenous communities often takes a little bit more time than the average business because you got to spend the time getting to know a community. Uh, you got to spend time understanding um, the culture of a, of a community. Uh, and, and those are the fundamentals, you know, our national chief often says, uh, you know, before you build a business, build a relationship and, mm-hmm. and, and that's true. So it's really just about engaging and just being open to a new experience. I can tell you many people that, uh, you know, we just had this incredible gala last night with 450 plus business leaders, indigenous and non from around the country. Uh, and, 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 I, and I've watched the growth of some of the non-Indigenous people from, you know, a few years ago where they were just came in and they just didn't know anything and they were just, but they came in with open mind, open heart. And now, you know, a few years later, they've got these massive 
joint ventures and businesses with indigenous communities, they can't say good enough good things about those relationships. And it all spawned from just kind of showing up and being open and putting your perceptions about who you think we are uh, to the side and and just kind of digging in and, and figuring out the relationship. Yeah, and and I wonder, I think businesses have um, have an appreciation and how would I put it, uh, patience with other cultures when they when they travel abroad, for mm-hmm. instance. Uh, but not necessarily the same degree when they just travel the country. You know, that's that again, I've I've heard that. You know, I'm I'm sitting here at the hotel and I'm looking out the window right now and uh, I know the university's just over the hill here and they teach their students about all this international work and how to present your business card and we spend all this time uh, developing and being more patient with other countries, but we don't seem to put that same low level of effort into our First Nation communities uh, and businesses. Uh-huh. You know, that, 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 mm-hmm. they're catching on. A lot of the universities now are going, you know, the, the growth of the Indigenous economy, and they're, they're seeing it, uh, is substantial. So we've got to start, it starts with education from a young age and, and educating the young people that come into these business schools to understand that, Hey, doing business with indigenous communities, there's nuancing to it, and if you don't if you don't understand those nuancing, you're not going to succeed. And uh, I just think that the, the more that we can get education and government policies to to uh, create the space for those relationships, I think the stronger off uh, our economy is going to be. I suppose it's going to be a, a bit of a softy question here, but uh, but I wonder whether you what are your thoughts on how um, how progress in this sphere is going to be an overall contributor to the reconciliation that we all believe is necessary in our country. Yeah, we um, we talk about at CCAB economic reconciliation, and we need to look at the end game and what that looks like. And that's really our communities managing wealth and not the poverty that we have been managing for a very long time. And mm-hmm. any community, any society, uh, has some sort of economy attached to it, uh, often are in a stronger position to make better decisions. And the stronger the indigenous economy is, the stronger often the outcomes uh, are for communities. And again, those socioeconomic indicators in the point in case with uh, Fort Mackay and their, and, their, and their average salary. So when we look at overall reconciliation, if we've got an economy that's based on, you know, width, width, uh, sorry, depth and width, um, with a strong business sector, um, it allows communities to address the most fundamental um, issues that most Canadians get to enjoy, like fresh drinking water and healthy schools and infrastructure that's going to support uh, energy, etc. Um, if you don't have that, how how are you supposed to unlock that potential in a community if you don't have Wi-Fi or um, broadband? So economy is, it's always been a part of our culture. It's just evolved into a modern context. And without that resource to support your community and, and the modern culture now, is, you know, the, the value of a dollar, it's really hard to, uh, to be a healthy community. So it's got to be part of every conversation, whether that be education or culture or infrastructure, uh, business and economy, just got to go hand in hand with it to support uh, all those other things that, that we aspire for. You sound optimistic. I am really optimistic. I've seen such incredible growth, and I've been working in Indigenous issues for 
25, 26 years. And the last, uh, the last few years have just been extraordinary. You look at uh, some of the catalysts to this change that's afoot. You look at, uh, you know, the Trudeau government who's made a, a strong commitment, uh, whether they're always getting it right or not, that's the question, but they are committed uh, to the conversation. And you look at the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, the 92 calls to action. You know, there's something there for every Canadian. And, and, and anybody that's kind of tr- trying to figure out the space, you know, just recommend read the high levels of the 92 calls and find something that resonates with you and do something to address it. And then, of course, the late Gord Downey, uh, you know, his call out to Canadians and the government to do better. So the truth is finally coming out. And I think Canadians are starting to understand that, yes, there, 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 is, there, is, a, there is an Indigenous population that has been underrepresented, uh, overshadowed, and the history has, has not been a pretty one. But I think Canadians are also understanding that if we can empower uh, communities that we can be strong contributors to to our economy, and uh, we're seeing the growth. I mean, every year there's more. Both Indigenous and non-Indigenous business communities are coming to CCAB as an example, and we're seeing this growth of companies just going. What can we do? We see the opportunity. It's, we're not doing it just from an altruistic point of view. We see the economic value in it, and when they engage, they you just like the gala last night. So I'm coming off a great high last night. We just celebrated. Uh, Caroline Hilton, who's uh, Heshquit here from BC, and her her work on indigenomics, and you just you just see the power in the room, and you see the power in these incredible indigenous women. So yes, <laughs> I'm very optimistic. It's going to take yeah. time. It's going to take energy to uh, you know to achieve uh, that idea of economic reconciliation. But I think we're on a stronger path, uh, more so than we've ever been. Well then, well then, let's conclude the conversation with a bit of a call to action here. Then, how do uh, how do indigenous businesses uh, reach out to be part of this program and how do non-Indigenous businesses find a way to uh, to connect? What would you recommend? Well, uh, I mean, definitely without sounding too self-serving, but our organization's been around for 36 years, um, the Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business, so ccab.com. We've got a number of programs, events. We've got the best research on the Indigenous economy in the country. Uh, you know, engage an organization like CCAB or look around your region to see what kind of indigenous organizations are out there. Uh, but if you really want to engage in a marketplace that's going to provide opportunities for you to, you know, like we like to say, just, you know, getting to the starting line, um, uh, you know, check out the supply chain in our organization. There's an opportunity for Aboriginal businesses to be registered in the marketplace and as well as companies that are looking to change up that the way they do procurement and supply chain uh, there's an opportunity for you to access a growing Aboriginal business market. And I also just want to make one more suggestion for the non-Indigenous companies, your, your listeners, that we have a program called PAR, Progressive Aboriginal Relations. It's a third-party certification program that helps companies from all shapes and sizes from all over the country. We've got about 90 companies um, that are committed and certified at this point, uh, helping them achieve better results with Indigenous businesses and communities. So there are programs. Don't think that you're, you have to go out and reinvent the wheel. There's a place to come where people and businesses really do care uh, about outcomes and, uh, you know, so engaged. Don't, uh, don't be shy. Well, I'm glad we've been able to spend this time and, and it's been a really enjoyable conversation and best wishes with the new initiative. And of course, with, with the CCAB just in general. Thanks, JP. Kirk, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it as well.
JP Gladue is the CEO and president of the Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business. That's been our show today on BIB Today. Thanks a lot for listening. I'm Kirk LaPointe. Hope you'll subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, and we'll see you next time.